this is Timeboxing, a podcast about creative pursuits versus sanity. I'm Carl Sandrell, a composer and music producer in Little Armenia, East Hollywood, California. First episode, I have zero interview experience and I'm kind of an introvert, so why does this exist? It exists because I've been compulsively pulling friends and collaborators into conversation about a few things I think many creative freelancers grapple with. And it seems to me lots of people have some useful perspective or personal angle on this stuff. So since I would be having these chats anyway almost as a form of therapy, I figured I might as well start recording them. And if I wasn't being a good listener that day, I can always go back and check the MP3. Today we have a talented filmmaker and illustrator, my friend Patrick Horvath. But before we talk to him, look at this. I love naps. Clear your head. If you're procrastinating, use it as a reset. Here's how to take a power nap. Set an alarm for 20 minutes. Lay down. Relax completely. It doesn't matter if you actually fall asleep. Get up when the alarm goes off. Don't snooze. If it's an extreme circumstance, like an overnight deadline, how to take a deluxe power nap. Same thing, but drink a cup of coffee or tea right beforehand. It's not quite as healthy. Lukewarm recommendation. But the standard 20-minute nap is great. Naps! Patrick Horvath and I both went to the University of Iowa in the early 2000s. We both ended up in Chicago afterward, and I got to know him a bit there, such as when he used my living room to film a demon death scene for his first feature. Since then, he's been making films in L.A., such as Diner, that's D-I-E hyphen N-E-R, subtitle, Get It?, a horror comedy of errors which explores the existential dilemma of a sociopath killer who runs into the unique problem of his victims rising from the dead. Yes, that is a zombie movie. <laughs> he and Dallas Hallam co-wrote and co-directed the film Entrance in 2012, which has been described as an ultra-slow-burn horror feature. Stephen King liked it so much that he wrote an article in Entertainment Weekly to give it unsolicited praise. Dallas and Patrick's most recent film is The Pact 2. Full disclosure, I had the pleasure of scoring this. On top of all that, he creates wonderful and bizarre illustrations at his website, soundofblunder.com. I wanted to talk to Patrick because he is one of the most creative but also positive people I know, thus very fun to work with. We talked on Super Bowl Sunday in the parking lot of a grocery store after he pointed out that it is truly one of the most excellent shopping and parking days of the year. Pat Horvath. Hello. Hello. <laughs> you uh, write and direct movies illustrate comics and even play guitar what would you say drives you to create stuff especially with something like movies one of the most unwieldy and high maintenance art forms that you could possibly choose yeah any sort of movie making is really time consuming um it's probably the most time consuming thing ever basically because it's like years that you know you have to deal with the project and that's just like a feature thing that's you know a narrative that you it's fiction like we can do nonfiction, and then you can still live with stuff for like years and years and years, right. and then still not be done. But I think that um, in terms of movie making, like what draws me to it is the fact that you can do uh, everything in it. Like you can, it, you have all these different elements at your disposal to help you do it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's sound and image all together, and it sort of allows for you know any sort of manipulation of the two mm-hmm. 
in in concert to you know kind of create whatever effect you need. It's and to like, me, like it's so it's so freeing because it's it's you know, eh, it's it's hard to explain. But I mean, like you can get yourself into a whole lot of trouble, and it's so easy to make a bad movie. Uh-huh. Um, but then also, if you can get the recipe right, then it's sort of like a huge you know eureka mm-hmm. that you're like you struck gold or something. Yeah. Um, and it's so fun. And the process of discovering that is super fun yeah. because it's hard. <laughs> and right. Like and like, I never really, I never know if you know if it's gonna work out. So I think that's why filmmaking has been so at the heart of like what I kind of ultimately want to do. And then everything else, um, in terms of any drawing or or watercolor stuff or music making or whatever, is all those are all kind of elements of it. At the same time, except they're sort of compartmentalized. Is that um, relaxing to like go into, for example, like watercolor illustration? Is is it nice to have that as like a palette cleanser of sorts when you're working on a movie? I think. Well, yeah, and then also just as something to um, what I like about it is that you can you can conceive of the idea mm-hmm. and then execute it and exhibit it really fast. Yeah, within like a day, <laughs> right? Especially with the internet, you can show it to you know whomever. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as you're done. So the comics, the watercolor comics, is that how you would classify them? Yeah, it's just like illustrations, like watercolor ink illustrations. So those those feature a lot of monsters or philosophers or animals, <laughs> and they're usually like, they're maybe they're world weary, they're having ex- existential crisis, or maybe they're just going about their day. Uh-huh. Like what uh, what inspires? Because I really like that I feel I can relate to what they're going through, <laughs> but it's tempered by this surreal and kind of just playful context, and it's easier to swallow. Like, oh my god, I, I relate to that, but I'm laughing. Sure, um, I'm glad to hear that that's happening as you're looking at them. Yeah. Um, I love the sort of the everydayness of dumb situations or whatever that you find yourself in, but then I li- also love the unlimited context. That you can do just by, especially with illustrating or doing something like that. It can be anything you want. They're open enough to create your own story, but I like letting there be a story. So I like that there's some sort of an emotion involved with it, or it seems kind of like a weird snapshot of a moment. Mm -hmm. And you're not quite sure why the moment is set up like it is, but you immediately start putting a narrative on it. And the beauty of them, too, and I think this is why I like doing them... Uh, counterpoint to working on larger like projects like a movie are that you I don't know the the hell the story is but I mean like I honestly I probably do have a story but I want you to come up with a story for it and the fact that there's like all sorts of different scenarios you can come up with to go along that it fits I love that Creative freelancing, it's, it's sort of a marathon in that it's easy to get burnt out by trying too hard or you know, completely lose your perspective on why you got there in the first place. Do you do anything to like try to stay inspired or creatively healthy? <laughs> like well, yeah. I think the biggest fear is that you, the well will just dry up. Right. And then you're just sort of stuck with yourself. Um with no good ideas. It's uh, it's just kind of a matter of stimulus. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of getting inspired or kind of keeping inspiration alive, I think that the big key is um, keeping your own 
you know, interactions with the world varied enough so that you're you're constantly varying your stimuli, you know, and sort of mixing up your crowd of who you're hanging out with or who right. you're not even hang out with, but just interact with right. and changing that up. If you go to work every day for a couple of weeks, change the route or like whatever, things like that, that sort of spice up everything because it's, it's one of those things where you're kind of like, oh, well, that was stupid. I shouldn't have, uh, I shouldn't have drove that way to work. <laughs> like I see why. But then, like, I didn't even know this building existed, and that's really bizarre. And then you might start thinking about, like, oh, man, that totally reminds me of this other thing that I saw when I was, like, 12. Or mm-hmm. you might even start thinking, like, oh, weird, it looks like a crying woman. <laughs> like, you know, that building looks like a large, old, crying woman. And I wonder why she's crying. You know, things like that. Right, I, right. Certain environments that you walk around through habitually mm-hmm. uh, tend to generate the sort of same mental space. You know, you get stagnant. I feel like I get stagnant. And then, to me, it sort of, like, becomes a funnel where you just ultimately start thinking about, like, wow, what am I doing with my life? And, like, you know, right. whatever. And I think you could probably have that conversation with yourself at any point along your career path, whether or not you're successful. I think you're constantly going to be like, what am I doing with my life? So I don't get too hung up on that um, as long as, like, the rent gets paid. Right. I like I like that idea of also making sure that you get out into the world and interact with other people because I feel uh-huh. like something I have a big problem with is uh, working in a bubble and yeah. especially if there's a, a deadline involved and trying to stay out of that pattern of like okay if I have a week to do this that doesn't mean that I have to use every waking moment to work on it right so uh, as far as work-life balance are the things you do to try and make sure that what you're doing is sustainable I think that yeah well, part of the whole movie-making process is that it's a collaboration, always. And so that's another element to it that I love and that keeps you mentally healthy, I think, yeah. is that there's a constant multitude of forces all trying to keep the tent poles standing straight. Right. And so as long as you, you know, and you have to engender, like, a, an atmosphere of friendship and open-mindedness, but also, you know, focus. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff going on, you know, and you're creating, you're getting over, uh, you know, hangups that you might have with someone to keep, you know, on track. Or you might be like sticking to an argument because you really feel strongly about a certain position on one element of the film mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's a really interesting atmosphere to create stuff in. The problem is, though, is that those moments only last for like a month or something, <laughs> like two months. And then maybe three. And then you're, like, back on your own, and you're stuck in your own little desert trying to create stuff. Right. Um, and so those moments are really hard. It's And it's also, you know, one of those things, too, where you're kind of like, well, I'm not I'm not sure, like, when the next gig's going to come rolling through, so, like, I don't want to blow all my money right away. So then you kind of go into hermit mode, yeah. and then um, and that's not that good to, like, keep that going on. Uh-huh. So you really got to take those opportunities to try and get some sort of a social interaction going. Yeah, yeah. And it, the, the computer doesn't count. <laughs> like, the computer doesn't count because like it does, it's not enough. The other thing though with working with people is that you also have the curveball that you'll never come up with and then it'll make the project like so many more times grander right actually so i want to ask you about that too you uh 
you co-write and co-direct mm-hmm. with an excellent friend of ours, Alice Hallam, mm-hmm. who I definitely want to talk to as well at some point. Can you talk about how it has been working with a creative partner as far as how it fits into your process, how it helps or complicates things? Mm-hmm. Um, well, with Dallas, I've been really lucky because he, he and I have known each other for over a decade, and the two of us have a lot of the same sort of touchstones for artistic inspiration or just a general like-minded appreciation of, especially with film. And we have our own uh, sort of quirkier hallways that we like to go down on our own. But I think that um, in general, we admire a lot of the same artists and filmmaking. Mm -hmm. And then the elements that we gravitate towards are generally the same ones. So we're very lucky in that sense. Like we have, we we call them like the one inch punch moments where like, because Bruce Lee had apparently come up with this one inch punch where he like essentially flexes like every muscle in his body and he just, you know, sort of punches like an inch and it'll knock this dude down. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I thought it was like the coolest thing. And I remember like in the early in our relationship when Dallas and I had met, we were like saying our goodbyes or whatever, and I was just kind of changing the subject to make a joke and say goodbye. And I was like, "Oh, well, you know what's cool though." And he's like, "Oh, what the one inch punch?" I was like, "I was gonna say the one inch punch," <laughs> and so and it was completely out of the blue. And so at that uh, moment, like we both knew that we kind of saw eye to eye and a lot of stuff. It was, it was funny, but mm-hmm. so working with Dallas in short is is terrific because we share a lot of the same mental shorthands, mm-hmm. and then we also realize like what what would be cool about an idea. Um, and what the other person would think would be cool about an idea. Right. And so essentially, we're kind of constantly zeroing in on creating the type of movies that we'd like to watch. We do a lot of tag team approaches to things where we'll sort of bat around an idea talking, and then once we get that idea down, one of us will take the first pass. It's always like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, random, whoever does it, but one of us will take the first pass, the other one will go back to the beginning do a uh, edit over that pass, and then the other guy comes back to that edit, starting at the beginning, goes over, and then that's kind of how we, um, you know, and then we come back and sort of look at how, it, how it's shaping up. That's got to be really handy to bounce back and forth, because as I know, from working on personal projects, for example, it's so easy to completely lose my way of sure. what, I th- what I thought I was making. If you have someone that's kind of editing your work and you're editing theirs and bouncing back and forth. Yeah, it's still really easy to go down the same rabbit hole, though. Because, <laughs> like, you can, you can start on something and be like, oh, yeah. And then you really start going maybe too far in one direction before you sort of let the dust settle and then realize that, like, you know what, though? This is completely off the mark of what we intended to do. <laughs> and, like, this is cool. I don't know if this is necessarily what we needed. But um, so it's still, the, those pitfalls are still there. Um, but you might be able to catch them a little more easily. Right. Filmmaking is incredibly intertwined with commerce because of how complicated and time-consuming it is. Ideally, you want a whole team of experts handling details so you can stay focused on the creative stuff. So I also asked Patrick how he navigates balancing artistic instincts with keeping the powers that be happy. Films are a medium that you can create that have a tremendous opportunity for being profound. You can touch a lot of people with this art form. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's why I gravitate towards it so much. But they're also, the only reason they exist is because it's a business that makes a lot of money. And so, so there you go. (laughs) I mean, like, or I should say the only reason that movies exist now is they do, for the most part. There's always going to be experimental film that's never going to be made, that's strictly made Mm -hmm. to express an artistic idea. 
but I think that um, the movies in general and the ones that I would like to create and a lot of the, the sort of long-form storytelling films are, are all commercial. And so you have to keep reminding yourself that the project exists for X reason. Like, the only reason this exists is because of X. And if we don't satisfy X, then we're not really going to have, you know, anything else that's going to be able to work. So, I mean, so far, in our experience, strictly speaking, like, we've done exactly one project that was for hire. And everything else was done because we wanted to do it. So, in terms of artistic integrity and, like, keeping it focused on what we want... Like, we had a huge amount of control. I had a huge amount of control on that zombie movie diner that I made, and then we had a huge amount of control on entrance, like, mm-hmm. tons. Like, we did everything on it. Right. I did everything on all of them. And even that, I made that 100 years from now, like, earlier. That was all me. <laughs> and, like, and you had helped with some of the music, and then people held lights. But all that stuff was largely, like, I never had to fight huge battles, especially in entrance. It was just a big experiment. So all of it, everything we did was all towards the project and what we'd originally wanted. And that was probably, like, the most direct kind of thing. And it's really raw. I mean, entrance is just really, you know, it's really rough around the edges, but it's still pretty effective, I think, in what we were doing. They also asked Patrick about his and Dallas's latest feature, The Pact 2, which came about when producers at Preferred Content saw entrance and wanted to team up. It's incredibly rewarding to having taken a chance to make something small like entrance, but it's also insanely flattering to have something that you know looks rough and to have them look at it and be like, yeah, I mean, we understand that, but we also understand that you can do more and we're willing to bet that you can. Yeah. And then we want to work with you to try and do something cool. And we're like, wow, you know, thanks. <laughs> it's so, like, it's really um, it's really, really gratifying and flattering. When we got to do Impact 2, it was the first time we ever had to appease producers or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time we ever made a product yeah. that, like, had to check off certain boxes and stuff like that. Through all of it, a lot of that focus and, like, how much of what we initially wanted to get through, all of that was hammered out in development Mm -hmm. and then once we got to assembling the team we saw like who we could work with and we were feeling pretty good about being able to pull it off and then once we'd had the cast set and we had our crew in place we started shooting and at that point it was just kind of trying to keep the whole operation moving but we knew all the pieces and we knew how we wanted them to fit Mm -hmm. so i think that trying to maintain artistic direction we even had like mistakes that we had to go back and fix and ended up giving us um, opportunities to strengthen things that maybe we thought were even getting lost mm-hmm. along the way. Because we kind of had to stop, get off the whirlwind for a second and be like, well, hold on. Like, why did we need this? Why did it not work? Yeah. And then what could we do to cheaply fix it and then also double down on what we wanted to get across? Well, I love the work that you guys do, so I'm, I'm always happy to see you move on to the next <laughs> step and the next step. Well, thank you very much. First, one more question about the comics is with these kind of world-weary characters having these existential crises and mm-hmm. things like that, not to reject too much, but is there a chance that this is like a coping mechanism for dealing with freelancing? Like- <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, no, I don't, I mean, I, not, not specifically. Uh-huh. I constantly find myself sort of drawn to that section of philosophy pretty often. My own worldview is, or global or universal view is just sort of like, we're all just kind of here, tiny things on this planet. 
And so, so what? (laughs) (laughs) So then it turns into like, well, there's a tons of so what, you know, but to me, constant examination of that is just sort of examining humanity. And I think that that's just one of the larger things that I think is sort of limitless mm-hmm. in, the, in the different ways you can talk about it and think about it and approach it. Yeah. And um, so is it about coping with freelancing? Yes. <laughs> um, and it's about many things. Um, so, but they're all equally valid. Right. <laughs> cool, man. Well, thanks for uh, having this chat in the car. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Talk soon. And that's Patrick Horvath, a wise and sweet creative force. You can follow him on Twitter at Patrick Horvath. That's Patrick H-O-R-V-A-T-H. The film Entrance is on Netflix, and The Pact 2 will be out later this year. And you can find his illustration work, which I highly recommend, at soundofblunder.com. Or you can look at the artwork for this very podcast. And that's right, that head slicey thing is totally Patrick. For more information, visit timeboxingpod.com. If you have any feedback or want to say hello, you can reach me on Twitter at Sondrol, that is S-O-N-D-R-O-L, or Sondrol.com, which is also the place to hear some of my film music or music music. Okay, thanks. Okay, one more thing. I had the recorder going before we talked, so I present to you now Patrick walking in on his dog Anchovy, who was in the bathroom with the lights off. Oh, excuse me. <laughs>